Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. From the soul of Brooklyn, you're listening to The Face Radio. Cut Above with Tom Hoy is proudly sponsored by Mod Shoes. Smart shoes for smart people. Shop the latest range of men's and women's footwear and clothing over at modshoes.co.uk. From Manchester, England to Brooklyn, USA. Hello and welcome. You're listening to A Cut Above with me, Tom Hoy, right here on The Face Radio. In this episode, we'll be taking a deep dive into the look behind of some of Jazz's most iconic faces. From Miles Davis, Art Blakey and Herbie Hancock, join me as we explore the style of jazz.
Miles Davis. <laughs> you have an autobiography coming out soon. Yes. What is it called? Miles Davis. Yes. yes. Miles Davis. I mentioned the word innovative in my intro. Last night I mentioned the word legend. Does that wear on you? Does it become burdensome? Oh, you mean le legend? Yeah. I don't like that, no. I'm not finished. <laughs> Good point. I have to remember that. I'm not finished. Yes. Uh, is there anyone that you looked at when you came up and took things from? Yeah. My instructor in school mm -hmm. played with Andy Kirk and the way he lipped the trumpet, you know, it was just, just like me kissing the yeah. It was like kissing a woman. That was the technique. Well, I mean, the feeling, you know, yeah. the horn. Yeah. There's only one way to kick off this special jazz edition of A Cut Above, and that is, of course, with the warlord of Weegians himself, Miles Davis. Now, he's a true contender for the King of Cool. Now, I know I've said that before about Steve McQueen on this show, but bear with me. It is a tough match. For most people starting their journey into the world of jazz, Miles Davis is one of the first people you listen to. I mean, he certainly was for me. The more you stick with him, the more you like him. He's more than just a musician, though. He's a true style icon. He claimed he got his looks and his love of clothes and his sense of style from his mother. There's the obvious look we all think of when it comes to Miles Davis, and that is, of course, the green shirt on the cover of Milestones. It's simple, yet so effective. The fact that he makes it look like he's just thrown that on in the spare of the moment, you definitely know it's intentional. It's so effective. You know for sure that was in order to stand out. It's become a real iconic piece of album artwork, and the photograph itself has a life of its own away from milestones. Its simplicity, use of colour, aesthetic, is a pop culture legend. And people like me don't shut up about talking about it. In the liner notes of the 1965 Greatest Hits collection, Esquire writer George Fraser called Miles Davis a truly well-dressed man, but someone the average man would be foolish to emulate. He said, I'm not advocating that all men aspire to dress like Davis. That would be unrealistic. For it's this man's particular charm that he is unique. For a young musician like Miles Davis, the Ivy League look was essential. This is something I could bang on about all the time. It was aspirational and in a way that you could even call punk for its time. It almost showed the middle finger to the elite of the USA who could afford to dress like that. They were educated, comfortable and they were by no means musicians. In Miles Davis's autobiography, he looked back at the 40s and described his friend and fellow musician Dexter Gordon. He said Dexter used to be super hip and dapper with those big-shouldered suits that everybody was wearing in those days. I was wearing my three-piece Brooks Brothers suit that I thought was super hip too, but Dexter didn't think my dress style was all that hip. I said to him, these are some bad suits I'm wearing. I paid a lot of money for this. And Dexter replied, Miles, that ain't it, because that ain't hip. Money ain't got anything to do with it. It's got something to do with hipness. So I saved up $47 and bought me a grey big-shouldered suit, that looked like it was too big for me. Miles' sense of humour, 
his dress sense and everything about him made him what he was. And I would even argue he's the original rock star. He paved the way for future rock and roll stars. Now, I really struggle to pick what Miles Davis tune to play now, but I did pick one, and it is, believe it or not, related to clothes. Somewhat. The track I'm going to play for you is All Blues from the album Kind of Blue. Now, the reason why this is related to clothes is because if you're in England, or if you're planning on visiting England anytime soon, I highly recommend you go and visit All Blues Co. in Leeds. Outside of London, I would probably say it's my favourite shop. It stocks kind of Ivy League-inspired clothing, Americana, um, a few French brands and and different brands like that. Um, I've got some really nice stuff from there. I got a kind of JFK-style Harley of Scotland uh, Fair Isle jumper. Go and check out their website. It's fantastic. I'm not sponsored by them or anything, but if you kind of want jazz-inspired clothing, go and check them out. And, of course, this track is the namesake for that fantastic shop. Remember, you can go and search them on Instagram as well, at All Blues Co. Fantastic shop. And speaking of fantastic, this is a fantastic track. It is All Blues by Miles Davis. Thank you. 
Music don't get much better than that. That is more or less a perfect album. That was, of course, all blues from the fantastic album released in 1959 by Miles Davis. And it was, of course, Kind of Blue. I'm Tom Hoy and this is A Cut Above. And it is, of course, the style of jazz special. All blues first appeared on Kind of Blue in 1959 on Columbia Records. It's a 12-bar blues in 6-8. The chord sequence is that of basic blues made up entirely of seventh chords. It's a fantastic track. I can never decide what is my favourite on that album. That one possibly could be it. But um, of course, it features another icon of jazz, and that is, of course, John Coltrane. John Coltrane on that track playing the tenor sax. Looking back at the look of jazz musicians, um, as I said at the beginning, the Ivy look in particular was a look that the the bop musicians of the late 50s and 60s uh, jazz musicians adopted. And I think, as I've said many times before, that is probably my favourite look. It's so timeless that it doesn't matter when or where you're dressing like that, you'll always fit in. I think one of my most favourite items of clothing, and it's something I hope that I wear forever, are a good pair of penny loafers. Baswegians, you can never go wrong. I've got some lovely ones in the heritage colourway, in a nice dark chocolate brown, and I wear them most days. And as a jazz fan, I love the fact that Miles Davis embodied that Ivy League look so much that his friends even called him the Warlord of Weijin. 
It's wearing your influences on your sleeve, or in this case, on your feet. You know if you see someone else wearing them, they've likely got the same interests in you as you. They have the same taste in music, and it's almost kind of like wearing a um, like a badge of honour. You're carrying that with you. Mid-century style, just of that era anyways, um, it's fantastic and it's timeless. I think after that, everything went downhill. Everything should have just stopped right there. Okay, I think it's time we played some more music now. And like a true radio presenter, that brings me on to a fantastic segue that you will be proud of at home. Um, Speaking of John Coltrane, and speaking of one of my favourite things, of course, the Basswegian, there's only one track we could play. And it's this fantastic cover by John Coltrane.
John Coltrane with my favourite things. You are, of course, listening to A Cut Above right here on The Face Radio with me, Tom Hoy, covering the style of jazz. Remember, you can follow me on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter and keep up to date with all my kind of jazz-flavoured outfits, um, jazz recommendations and lots more. You can find me on Instagram over at TomTheMod, on Twitter at TomTheModDJ, and on Facebook you can find me by searching for Tom Hoy. Keep up to date, there's lots of videos and lots more going on as well. Now, if we're doing an episode about the style of jazz, there's one stone we can't leave unturned, and that is, of course, the cover art of Blue Note Records. What a legendary label, and I know as soon as I said the cover art view, everyone has a different album they think of straight away. For me, there's so many different ones, but we have to talk about, of course, the co-founders of Blue Note Records, Alfred Lyon and Francis Wolfe, who set the stage for the world of jazz, they shaped it to what we know today. Francis Wolfe may have been a businessman, but he was also a music fanatic, a jazz fanatic, of course, and a photographer that took some of the pictures behind some of the most iconic Blue Note jazz albums that we know today. Along with Reed Miles, who did the graphic design, they made some pieces of art that stand the test of time away from the music, just as standalone pieces of art, I think. It's funny, really, because I suppose it's probably the same for most people listening, but I remember kind of only getting into kind of certain jazz records because of the cover their kind of their graphic design just drew me in straight away i saw a cover i either saw the way someone was dressed i saw the colors i saw the, the like the type of the typography the typefaces and all that and that's what would make me buy them i didn't even know what they sounded like yet but the fact that the way they looked just made me want to buy them and then finding out years later kind of that's what people were doing in the 60s mods over here in the uk were doing that They were emulating looks that they'd seen on the front covers of albums before they'd even, again, knew what they sounded like. It just goes to show that the fact that a 16-year-old could do it then, and me that was 16 at the time could do it when I was 16, just goes to show how effective and timeless these albums are. And some of my favourite albums um, that come from Blue Note and uh, especially ones that I'm drawn to for their graphic design and photography. Uh, The biggest one for me is probably Herbie Hancock, Inventions and Dimensions, but that's not what I'm going to play right now. It is Art Blakey, who I would say is the biggest badass in the world of Blue Note jazz. And the reason I say that is because the graphic design that went along with his music. I mean, if you were him, you must have been so happy to see the way that kind of the uh, like Reed Miles portrayed the way you looked with Francis Wolfe's uh, photography. For instance, if you look at the cover of Indestructible um, by Art Blakey and the Jazz Messengers, it's a very much like a kind of close-up on Art Blakey's face. He's got a cigarette in his mouth, and it just, oh my God, it looks so cool. It's so of the era. It looks like something that the kind of Don Draper would have thought up of in Mad Men. I mean, you can tell once you've seen it, so many different artists have kind of emulated this kind of style of art since and um, I mean just for that alone 
It makes it one of my favourite jazz albums. It was recorded in 1964 but wasn't released until 1966 and was Blakey's last recording for Blue Note. This was the final recording for half of the band's members. Wayne Shorter would leave to join the Miles Davis Quintet and be replaced briefly by John Gilmore. Bassist Reggie Workman would be replaced by Victor Sproles and pianist Cedar Walton would leave to be replaced by John Hicks. I'm going to play the opening track of the album, and what a way to kick off an album. It is, of course, The Egyptian.
the Egyptian. Art Blakey and the Jazz Messengers are showing off his drumming there. What a player. You are, of course, listening to A Cut Above right here on The Face Radio with me, Tom Hoy, from Manchester, England to Brooklyn, USA, bringing you the style of jazz. Remember, you can find me on Instagram at TomTheMod, on Twitter at TomTheModDJ, and over on Facebook, you can find me by searching for Tom Hoy. You can also find lots of clothing reviews and lots more over on YouTube. And the best way to find me is by searching for Tom the Mod. And speaking of style right now, one of the stylist cats out there uh, that we unfortunately lost just a couple of days ago. Uh, Very sad news indeed. One of my favourite jazz musicians, of course, Wayne Shorter. Um, And the man himself, good friends with Miles Davis, and is actually, I read, I've actually got an article with me here that I read recently, Um, where Wayne actually said, Miles used to say, I can tell whether somebody can play or not by what they wear and how they move in it. And I think, like, the same goes for him. He was such a cool-looking guy. Like, always dressed so impeccably right until the very end. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. A lot, like a lot of jazz musicians, like their music, their clothing progresses with them with age, and not in a way where they go down a rapid de- like rapid decline. They have their own sense of style, just like they have their own sense in music. Um, in this article here, Wayne's wearing a, like a, a chain, uh, smart pair of black trousers and a black shirt, and that's not the norm for people his age. It just goes to show. Um, I don't know. It's like confidence in what they're doing and to be their own thing. And I think that's what set them apart from anyone else back in the 60s when they were first putting out their music. The fact that they were their own thing made them the legends that they are today. I'm going to play a piece by Wayne Shorter now, and it is the brilliant Speak No Evil from the album of the same name. And it's got a fantastic cover as well on it. Um, Amazing design. Go and check it out if you've not seen it before. In the meantime, here it is. Speak No Evil in dedication to Wayne Shorter.
Speak No Evil by the late but great Wayne Shorter. You're listening to A Cut Above right here on The Face Radio with me, Tom Hoy, and tonight we're discussing the look behind jazz, the style of jazz. Remember, you can find me on Instagram at TomTheMod, on Twitter at TomTheModDJ, and you can find me on Facebook by searching for Tom Hoy. Now, a fact that I always like about the 50s, 60s jazz movement was that when all these musicians were on tour, they were stopping by um, American college campuses, um, and this is where they sourced a lot of their clothes um, to adhere to that Ivy League style that we know today. And you'd get all these musicians going to campus shops, which if you're from the UK and you heard campus shop, especially nowadays, you'd think of kind of a place to go and buy beer or kind of some really, really poor quality kind of university hoodies. Nothing like what you might get in America, I suppose. I don't know if they're like that still today, but nothing like you got back then. Um, Nothing like a Brooks Brothers shirt or something like that. But all these musicians were touring these college campuses, going into the, the college Brooks Brothers shop and kitting themselves out for gigs. Now, the beauty of the internet is that you can go back on YouTube and watch so many of these gigs um, in their entirety. Everyone from like Dave Brubeck to loads more kind of people like that. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play a live performance right now, and it's not actually a college campus one, which would have fitted better really, wouldn't it? But it's, nevertheless, it's still a great performance. Um, again, I think one of the coolest jazz musicians out there. After playing tenor sax and piano at his school in Connecticut, he got his break um, when his trio was recruited by Stan Getz in 1950. He moved to New York City where he developed a reputation as a composer. Frequent sideman recordings in the mid-50s helped further, but his work with the Jazz Messengers, co-led, of course, by Art Blakey, as mentioned earlier, brought him his writing and playing most attention. He's definitely one of my favourites, and I think... The pictures that you see of him in the early kind of 60s especially are the epitome of what, like, I don't know what I think the cool, the coolest jazz musicians of that time looked like. There's some amazing pictures of him wearing some really kind of slim-cut suits where, uh, which were very much of that era, really kind of narrow lapels um, and and kind of tailored in waists, which you could tell were definitely copied over here in the in the UK. That really slick kind of slimline look, um, which kind of lads going about East London back in the day were trying to look like jazz musicians back then. Um, he always looked immaculate. The the shoes, the trousers, the ties, the the collars on his shirts, the button downs. He was always dressed so immaculately. The live performance from Horace Silver I'm going to play you now is Senor Blues, featuring Horace Silver, of course, Blue Mitchell and Junior Cook from the second concert live February 14th, 1959 in Paris. A track that really showcases Horace Silver as a pianist. Here it is. We'd like to play for you now a very low-down bluesy type composition, uh, minor blues written in 6-8 time. This is a blues with a Latin beat added to it. We sincerely hope you enjoy a little thing we call Senor Blues. (laughs) 
Horace Silver there playing live on the 14th of February 1959 in Paris with Senor Blues. You are listening to A Cut Above with me, Tom Hoy, right here on The Face Radio, bringing you the style of jazz. We've been looking at the look, the sight and sound. Horace Silver, of course, one of the most stylish jazz cats out there. But now... On to one of the most stylish jazzers out there, I think. And it is, of course, an icon that we've already mentioned this evening. It is, of course, a fellow glasses wearer and a man that does it oh so well. It is, of course, Herbie Hancock. Some of my favourite photographs taken by Frank Wolf um, during the Blue Note recording sessions are of Herbie Hancock. There's some brilliant ones, and it's right in the heyday of kind of that Ivy jazz style and... I think Herbie looks the best out of all of them. I always have done. His glasses are amazing. But the funny thing about that, they would have just been glasses at the time, I suppose, that were cheap for cheap to wear. I suppose like we would have got here in the UK with NHS glasses, those were probably glasses that were just kind of not stock or prescribed, I suppose, but just ones that were, as I said, cheap. Um, but they look so of that time, and because he's wearing them, the way he's wearing them, what he's wearing them with... It just looks so classy. Um, He's always got a nice button-down shirt on, the cardigans he wore, and kind of that rolled-up sleeve look as he's writing a tune on his piano. Um, It just looks effortless, and that's kind of like the rugged nature of the ivy look that makes it so... I don't know, it's like a well-worn look, is the way I'd kind of explain it. They do say with like ivy style and uh, ivy clothes, the more you wear them and the more rugged they look, the more you're into the style. I know back in the college campuses, they used to actually sand down collars of their Oxford button downs to show I've been into this style longer than you have. Now, I don't think Blue Note musicians were necessarily doing that, but the fact that they're wearing that look to work uh, shows what a versatile style it, it kind of is. And they're these aspirational young musicians wearing that. It couldn't look any cooler. The track I'm going to play you now is the title track off the brilliant Maiden Voyage by Herbie Hancock. Sink into this one. Here it is.
Thank you. 
Maiden Voyage by Herbie Hancock. Recorded by Rudy Van Gelder on March 17th, 1965 for Blue Note Records, featuring Hancock with tenor saxophonist George Coleman, trumpeter Freddie Hubbard, bassist Ron Carter and drummer Tony Williams. It's actually a concept album and its whole aim was to create an oceanic atmosphere. I love that album. If you've not heard that all the way through, I strongly suggest you do so. It's a lovely album and I'm sure it'll be definitely the top of your pile by the time you're finished with it. It's always one I go back to. Really is one of my favourites, that one. Maiden Voyage by Herbie Hancock. You are, of course, listening to A Cut Above with me, Tom Hoy, right here on The Face Radio. Remember to go over on Instagram and give me a follow at TomTheMod, on Twitter at TomTheModDJ, and find me on Facebook by searching for Tom Hoy. That is H-O-Y. Two album covers that always spring to mind when I think of Blue Note, not necessarily for the graphic design, sort of, but the photography as well and what's in the picture, are A Caddy for Daddy by Hank Mobley and A New Perspective by Donald Bird Band and Voices. And the reason because they both have two beautiful cars in it. A Caddy for Daddy obviously has a Cadillac and A New Perspective with Donald Bird has a Jaguar E-Type. And what a like a beautiful car of the 60s that was. It's kind of showing yet again, further on from that Ivy-style look, the aspirational look, Donald Byrd is stood in front of this beautiful car and what, I mean, you see that album, you want to listen to it straight away. You want to, not only you want to listen to it, you want to be the man in the album. And this is a really cool album, this. This is different to everything else I've played so far on uh, on the show. It's a cappella at the beginning. I'm not going to tell you much more about it until after, so let's just give it a spin. Here it is, it's Elijah off the album A New Perspective by Donald Bird Band and Voices. Here it is.
Elijah by Donald Byrd from the fantastic album A New Perspective from 1964, released on Blue Note. When the project of the album came about, Donald Byrd said, I mean this album seriously because of my own background. I've always wanted to write an entire album of spiritual-like pieces. The most accurate way I can describe what we were all trying to do is that this is a modern hymnal. In an earlier period, the New Orleans jazzmen would often play religious music for exactly what it was, but with their own jazz textures and techniques added. Now, as modern jazzmen, we're also approaching this tradition with respect and great pleasure. You're listening to Cut Above with me, Tom Hoy, and right now it's time for some monk, some Polonius monk. And it is, of course, with a classic... It's Caravan. Thank you. 
Caravan by Thelonious Monk. You're listening to A Cut Above with me, Tom Hoy, right here on The Face Radio. And of course, we have to mention Thelonious Monk, of course, because in terms of clothing, we have to mention his hats, which were, of course, his trademark. Trilby's bubble hats, berries, and many more. If he could stick it on his head, he would wear it. I don't think it's actually ever been discussed why he wore hats fully anyway, but he really did stand out against his other Blue Note counterparts, and I suppose that's because he really just did want to stand out. He maybe, on the bottom half of his body, adopted that kind of, as we said, ivy style, but the top half, he had a hat on that sometimes completely clashed his outfit, but it absolutely worked at the same time. He had his own look, um, and he was memorable. You went away remembering the guy with the hat, Thelonious Monk, and an amazing name as well. At 17, Monk toured with an evangelist playing the church organ, and in his late teens he began to find work playing jazz. In the early to mid-1940s, he was the house pianist at Minton's Playhouse and Manhattan nightclub. Much of Monk's style in the Harlem Strider tradition was developed while he performed at Minton's, where he participated in after-hours cutting contests which featured many leading jazz soloists of the time. Monk's musical work at Minton's was crucial in the formulation of bebop which would be furthered by other musicians including Dizzy Gillespie, Charlie Christian, Kenny Clark and Charlie Parker and, and later of course Miles Davis, a true hero of mine and a composer of some of the greatest pieces of music out there. Thank you. 
I love that track. That was, of course, Dexter Gordon with Cheesecake here on A Cut Above. Well, unfortunately, we have come to the end of another show for this month. And as always, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you, especially for this one. The style of jazz, I couldn't be more in my element. No matter what I wear, I never feel as smart as when I'm wearing something I think a jazz musician would have worn in the 60s. To make an outfit look so effortless, you could be on your way to the pub or going down to work. No matter where you end up, you'll always look like the best dressed person in that room. Remember, you can find me on Instagram at TomTheMod. You can find me on Twitter at TomTheModDJ and on Facebook by searching for Tom Hoy. There's loads of videos for you to go and check out until the next show over on YouTube. You can find them by searching for TomTheMod. But for now, thank you. All the best and wherever you are, take care and I'll see you next month. Goodbye.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.